You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind, of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to the, you hockey the Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your here's host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys so much, as always, for taking some time out of your day. I always greatly, greatly appreciate the support. This episode and everything we do at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by the awesome people at DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure when you sign up for DraftKings to use our promo code THPN and tell them Neil sent you. So as always, guys, we got a lot to talk about here on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. The main obviously thing is we're going to recap the last two Devils games against the Rangers on, on Friday and then the Devils game at home against the St. Louis Blues. We're also going to be once again diving into the Utica Comets slash prospect, I guess you'd say update, basically. That would probably be the best way I put it. You know, because, again, there's so much good that's going on, especially down in the, down in the farm, down on the farm, and a lot of excitement to give us, you know, looking forward to the future. And I wanted to share that with you guys here on this episode. So as always, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we kick things off with recapping the Devils game against the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden back on Friday night. So the Devils were obviously looking to try to get their first win against the Rangers in quite some time since last year 
we um well we did win the first game but then we lost four in a row so we were coming in and we had lost the first game of the season against the rangers so coming in on a five game losing streak to our hudson river rivals is something that obviously the devils were looking to try to fig- trying to uh end going into this matchup and you knew it was going to be a tough one because with the, how well the Rangers have played this year, you know, even though obviously you question the whole thing about, you know, the, their, their stats don't really show, um, their underlying stats, let's put it that way, um, show that they've kind of had a lot of luck on their side. But again, nothing wrong with luck. I mean, that's just what it's going to happen. Do I think it'll run out? It's always possible. Sometimes it doesn't. It all depends on how things move forward but you know the the thing that was most intriguing to me was the goaltending matchup it was Igor Shesterkin against Nico Dawes for Shesterkin I mean let's call it like it is he's arguably the best goaltender in the NHL this season he's definitely the favorite to win the Vezina trophy I think when it's all said and done he probably will win the Vezina trophy and he's going up against Nico Dawes who is making his third consecutive start of the season and you know, his first career start against the Rangers. And you're starting to see Lindy Ruff and the devil's confidence in Nico Dawes. And not only that, Nico Dawes' confidence in himself. And it makes, it has to make us feel a little bit excited about we may have at least one young goaltender in our system that shows a lot of potential. I'm not trying to discredit Akira Schmid because Akira Schmid, unfortunately, has not been up here uh, with the Devils in this last period in which we've scored so many freaking goals of late. Um, I often wonder if Schmid would get a couple wins here or there if he got the same goal support when he was up here. But Nico Dawes has certainly grabbed the bull by the horns with this pre with this opportunity and has really, really flourished. And I think it was important to see Nico Dawes again in net because again, it shows the confidence the Devils have in Nico Dawes, as well as just how how consistently good Nico Dawes has been in the last couple of games. I also looked at this game and I said. The only way the Devils are probably going to be able to win is that they would have to win a relatively high-scoring game. I think that was really going to be the big thing. And the question was really going to be, could the Devils find a way to get a couple past Igor Shesterkin? Because he's obviously been really, really phenomenal. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you look at the first period, both teams kind of played back and forth. But I would really say that the Devils came out as they normally do, came out with a lot of energy, looked aggressive, had a couple of really point-blank opportunities but Shesterkin made some tremendous saves to deny the Devils of opportunities. And eventually the New York Rangers were able to settle it down, create their own opportunity. And Mika Zibanejad on a rebound, you know, the first shot was blocked. He got the puck standing in front of the net, went to his backhand on an open net, and he scored. And the Rangers grabbed the one nothing lead at the 11-11 mark, his 21st of the season. Jacob Truba and Chris Kreider, who has for a long time been a Devils killer, also got an assist on that one. But a little less than three minutes later, Nico Heischer took the puck into the offensive zone. He looked like he was trying to make a pass to Jesper Bratt. The pass got blocked and went right back to Nico Heischer. He was able to weave his way through both uh, Rangers defensemen, go top shelf over the glove side of Igor Shesterkin and into the net and to tie the game up at one. And it's really, really been great to see Nico Heischer getting points in his last, I think it was like 10 of his last 11 or nine of his last 10. He has really, 
really stepped up of late. I mean, he is definitely putting in the work to potentially have his best season since his rookie year of 17-18. And you could see the captain gaining confidence, as well as a lot of guys. And we talked about in the previous episode about the amount of goals that this team has scored over the last couple of weeks. And Nico Kishir is one of the main guys that has been scoring a lot. And that goal for Nico was his 16th of the year, Andreas Janssen, who only needs three more assists to reach 20, which is kind of impressive. He got his 17th of the he got his 17th assist and the lone assist on that goal. And that's where things stood at the end of the first period. So after one period of play, again, you got to feel pretty good because it's tied. You know, you feel like you've been dictating the majority of the pace of that of that period, but Shesterkin obviously stood on his head. And that was pretty much the same case um, the rest of the game because at the end of the day, the Devils just could not find a way to get another one past Shesterkin. He just made so many tremendous saves. Nico actually got denied prior to scoring. He actually had a breakaway and got denied not once but twice on that play. And Shesterkin just had another one of those nights where it was his night. He just made every single save that he could. He really, really frustrated the Devils left and right. And it was very, it was obviously very, very frustrating. Filipino had added the only goal of the second period. And that that I'm sure that goal would be something that Nico does like to have back because I went right under his right arm and in. So in that regard, yeah, probably Dawes should have had that one, but nonetheless, it ended up in the back of the net. Uh, Hedo with his sixth of the year, and the Devils go down two to one after two periods of play. And the Devils, again, in the third period, they really, really came out strong. They had a lot of really good opportunities. They were dictating the pace again, getting shots to the net, had a couple chances on the power play. Even P.K. Subban was trying to mix it up with a little bit of fight here and there with Barkley Goodrow. But again, it just seemed like nothing was going to work tonight when it came to scoring. And I would say this, the Devils... Couldn't score, but it wasn't from a lack of trying. That's the way that I would look at it. This was not one of those losses. This was not one of those games that I would say, you know, the Devils only had one goal and you could look at it and say, oh, did they really, you know, have a lot of chances? No, they really did. It was just one of those nights that's just Sturkin or, you know, whatever goaltender uh, where every he's just seeing everything and the puck is about as big as a beach ball and every shot he's been able to make a save. And that was pretty much what happened? Chris Kreider, again, devil's killer and arguably the top goal scorer in the NHL, or certainly one of the top goal scorers, got his 36th of the year from Zabanajad and Adam Fox. And that was pretty much all she wrote as the Devils dropped this one at the Garden 3-1. to one. So the Devils have now lost six in a row to the New York Rangers. Uh, the Devils will play the Rangers again on the 22nd of March. That'll be the first non-Western Conference team they face uh, in quite some time because the next six, seven games are against all Western Conference opponents. But again, this was definitely a frustrating loss. The Devils finished, actually ended up out shooting the Rangers, which I tell you guys all the time about shots on goal, and you guys already know. But Shesterkin stopped 32 of 33 shots. The Devils, that was one of the ga those games, again, where you're frustrated that you didn't win, but you could also keep your head up and say, you know what? We really, really competed, and we had a lot of chances, and I think in any other night, they probably would have scored four or five goals because they. I feel like they outchanced the Rangers. Um and Nico Dawes, again, he really, really did well. He did a lot to keep the Devils in this game and keep it 2-1 to one for the longest time to try to give the Devils an opportunity to win this game. But unfortunately, it just was not enough. And that was kind of the uh, 
the frustrating thing. And so the Devils ended up dropping this one, losing another to the New York Rangers. And uh, like I said before, they'll get another shot at it in a couple weeks uh, when the Rangers come across the Hudson in the Prudential Center. And uh, that'll be the final game of the season against this team. So the Devils are obviously looking to try to avoid uh, not winning a single game against the Rangers this year in the regular season and uh, drop seven in a row. Hopefully the Devils will uh, will be a little bit, will have a lot, have a little bit more luck uh, going into that one. But now I want to shift over to the game on Sunday afternoon against the Blues. I'm just going to say this up front, and I've mentioned it several times on the podcast. I really don't like day games. I really don't because I, I, first of all, the Devils usually don't do all that well on day games. And it's also just a little bit harder to get my, to, at least for me personally, to get myself like up and going. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is sometimes, especially when you're on a Sunday on the East Coast. Um, you know, they want to get these games in and out so that, you know, whatever, you know, if teams need to fly out, uh, you know, they, they don't have to leave like late in the evening to fly out to somewhere else. But Devils coming into this one, they had won the first game against St. Louis earlier in the year. So the Devils were actually looking to potentially sweep the season series against the uh, against the Blues, which I think is important because I understand from the short-term perspective that a lot of these games are quote-unquote meaningless because the Devils are obviously well out of a playoff spot. They're not heading to the playoffs. It's going to be another year of not playing any postseason hockey. But as you've seen over the last couple of weeks, the Devils have been not only much more watchable, but they're certainly growing. And a lot of individual players, guys like Nico, Jack, Jesper Bratt, guys like that, even, you know, Sharon Govich as well. These guys are starting to become more consistent goal and point getters. And that's very, very important. We have right now two players that are currently point per game players in Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt. So these guys are growing together. They're building chemistry. Some of these guys have been playing for a long time and it's important. And I think it's also important to finish the season by winning as many games as possible for two reasons. One, at the end of the day, none of us at this point really care anymore more about the draft um to be quite honest number two these we need these guys to have confidence we need these guys to to learn to win games in different situations because then moving forward into next season and beyond these guys can say okay we've been in this situation before we know what it takes to win these games let's go out and do it and that really is the important thing another thing that i should mention and i didn't mention this in when I was doing my recap of the Rangers game was that Pavel Zaka was a late scratch uh, from this game with a uh, with a non-COVID illness, I believe they said. And I know that some people came to the defense of, you know, Pavel Zaka and said, you know, it's not what you think it is and anything like that. And yeah, usually when a player is getting traded and obviously Pavel Zaka has been in trade rumors for quite some time now. Uh, they usually get taken out for precautionary reasons, not necessarily um, COVID illnesses, uh, non-COVID illnesses, excuse me. Um, but still, I kind of feel like that there is something going on. And that's really all I'm going to leave with it. Because again, I, I really do. I really don't see Pavel Zaka being with the team after the season. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised over the next week or two, you start to see Zaka potentially get taken out for precautionary reasons and things like that. I, I just wouldn't be surprised. But I don't want to get into that too much because it really, really didn't matter because Zaka ended up playing in the very next game against St. Louis. 
Another guy that actually got back in the lineup after being benched for a couple of games was Ty Smith. And uh, look, at the end of the day, Ty Smith has had a, rel- uh, a very disappointing sophomore season. And I really can't explain to you what exactly the problems are. I know, I, I remember Ken Danico saying that maybe he needs to go down to Utica and play some games to just gain his confidence back. I didn't think that was honestly that bad of a move. Um, but still, I think it was important that, uh, that, Ty Smith got another opportunity to get back in the lineup and try to redeem himself. And, I, and, and that's very, very important. Another thing also is that the Devils went back to Nico Dawes again. Four games in a row now, the Devils have gone with Dawes. Now, again, there's positives and negatives to this because, again, the positive is, again, Nico Dawes has been the most consistent goaltender we've had in quite some time. And he's giving the Devils a lot of confidence. And he's doing, he's been able to get a couple wins here in the National Hockey League. But at the same time, he had, Nico Dawes has a bigger assignment in Utica with the Comets because he's been playing so well and the Comets are in a position to be a team that could go all the way and win the AHL championship. Um, so you don't want to obviously overwork him, but luckily Akira Schmid and Merrick's Mittens have been uh, carrying the load pretty well of late. But, you know, again, I get it and I know, but it's important. It's important in one way to see these guys get into the NHL and get some experience. And, uh, you know, hopefully at some point uh, the Devils allow Gillies to play some games. I know people are saying, why on earth would we do that? I mean, I, I don't really feel like I have to explain myself. And again, there's always the possibility that maybe potentially the Devils try to get a goaltender at the deadline to try to help, um, you know, to allow Dawes to go back down to Utica, stay there the rest of the season and have uh, and have you know, Gillies and whoever else come up and just finish the season and kind of go from there. But again, it was actually kind of nice that uh, Dawes was getting the start because I, I firmly expected it was going to be John Gillies, but Lindy Ruff wanted to go with the hot hand, which, you know, I are, I questioned that last week about why he wasn't going with the hot hand, but this week he certainly has, um, has changed. And you look at the way the Devils started this game and the Devils, came out like they normally do, like a house on fire. They really, really dictated the pace. They had a lot of shots in the goal. They used their speed. And the Blues, who have lost, you know, both games in the New York Tri-State area to the Rangers and Islanders, they just seem to be on their heels throughout throughout almost that entire first period. They really, really struggled. And eventually, the Devils created a, a really, really good opportunity where Jesper Bratt was on the left side, made a gorgeous, and I mean gorgeous pass to Ty Smith on the one tee, as Ty Smith was going to the right, he was able to beat Billy Huso, score, and give the Devils the one nothing lead. And that is an awesome way, almost a perfect way for Ty Smith to get back into the lineup. You know, he gets back in the lineup, and early on in his first game back, he scores just his second goal of the year, which, again, is crazy to think about. He only has two goals. But I think it was really, really big for him to get that goal. I'm sure it gives him a lot more confidence. And I felt like that. I think the majority of the game he played pretty well. Defensively, he still made some mistakes, but I think overall it was a good game for him to come back and obviously give the Devils the lead was important. Jesper Brett and Nico Heischer both got assists on that one, and that was pretty much the end of the first period. Devils were up one to nothing. So, like I said, solid first period, but now we go, as we've talked about before, the dreaded second period. Now, the Devils didn't play that poorly against the Rangers the second period, only ended up losing that period one to nothing. Unfortunately, that proved that to be the game-winning goal, but I digress. 
You go into the second period and again, the second period was better than the first because not only did the Devils score and it started with a great feed from Jack Hughes coming up the left side. And as he was making his way behind the net, he fed it over to the right side to Dawson Mercer, who went top shelf past Hughes. So an in to give the Devils a two nothing lead Mercer's goal 14th of the year, Jack Hughes and Jimmy Vesey getting assists, but not just that. The Devils surrendered one shot on goal to the Blues the entire period. The Blues went, I, be, I believe, 13 or 14 minutes without a single shot on goal. Now, I know that there were plenty of times where the Blues shot the puck and it went towards Dawes, but it would go wide or anything like that. But that was one of the best second periods I've seen this team play from a defensive perspective. Even Ken Danico said it as well on the broadcast that that was arguably one of the best second periods this team has played. And again, you go into the third feeling confident because you've now escaped the second period, which has usually been the devil's death knell, and you're up to nothing. But as we all know, a lot of the time with the devils, those leads don't last. Now was ended, that ended up being the case as just a little under six minutes into the third period, Tori Krug and Jordan Cairo scored to tie the game. And the game ended up being tied at two. And it was one of those moments again where we go, here we go again. We had a multiple goal lead in the third period and we coughed it away. And, I, and my expectation was the Devils were going to end up losing this game. I didn't know if it was going to be in an overtime shootout or regulation, but I just felt like all of the energy, all of the goodwill and everything like that just kind of fell, you know, fell by the wayside and neither team was able to score at, at all the rest of that third period. So the game had to end up going to overtime and overtime did not last long as it started with Jack Hughes in the offensive zone going behind the net. Well, he took a shot that, he missed the net. He went to go get in the left corner, went up the left side of the boards, got a stick knocked off. And I think he was looking for a penalty. I don't know if the ref ended up putting up his arm, but nonetheless, Pavel Zaka was able to get the puck right after that. Feed it to Dougie Hamilton, who had a step on Robert Thomas. He was all alone going into the slot. He waited, went top shelf over the glove side of Billy Huso and in. And the Devils, despite coughing up a 2-0 lead in the third, found a way to get the extra point and win the game in overtime by the score of three to two. As that goal came just a minute 12 into overtime, Dougie Hamilton, who is starting to get his legs back as he's been, been able to play a couple of games now since he returned from injury, getting his ninth goal of the season, Zaka and Hughes, both adding assists on that one. Jack Hughes with another multi-point night as he had no goals, but added two assists of his own and the devils come away with the three to two victory. And the thing that was the, the thing that made me the happiest, I would say, or like, you know, I guess you'd say the happiest was that the devils ended up winning the season series against the St. Louis blues. And it's be, it's important because the blues are in a playoff spot or fighting for a playoff spot. They definitely have playoff aspirations, and the Devils right now are playing spoiler, and they know that this is the first of many tough teams that they're going to be facing, you know, here in the next couple of games, because this is the first of a four-game homestand. Great start to it. Right after this, you play Colorado on Tuesday, one of the best, not the best team in the NHL right now. The Winnipeg Jets, you know, they're, they're a fringe playoff team right now, but still very talented. And then you take on the young, talented Anaheim Ducks. So you're facing four 
Um, at home, you're facing four straight Western Conference opponents, and then you play Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton the very next week. So you're facing a lot of teams that are in playoff positions or more or less fighting for a playoff position. So those teams are going to be looking to come out and try to give you their best. And for the Devils to, although blow a two-goal lead, but still find a way to win is important. And to win games against your non-conference opponents gives you confidence that you can hang with a lot of these teams. And we've been seeing of late that the Devils have been able to find way, different ways to win. Also, I should mention the fact that this was the first win in a long time that the Devils did not have to score six or more goals as they only ended up having to score three to win this one. So great win for the Devils. Honestly, a solid weekend. Tough loss against the Rangers, but good way to bounce back on Sunday to win. Open up the four-game homestand with a solid victory against a very, very good St. Louis Blues team. And I mentioned this a few moments ago, but I'll mention it again. The Devils' next game will be on Tuesday night, the 8th, when they uh, when they welcome the very talented, very scary Colorado Avalanche to the Prudential Center. And one other thing I wanted to add that the NHL's public relations Twitter account shared during the game. They said Jack Hughes collected an assist. This was off the, uh, the first assist he got uh, record, uh, to record his 40th point of the 21-22 season, 17 goals. 23 assists, well now 24 assists, 41 points in 36 games played. Jack Hughes, at that time 36, or now 36 games played, required the second fewest games in franchise history to reach the 40-point mark in a season at age 20 or younger, behind only Paul Gardner, who had who did it in 35 games in a 1976-77 season when they were still in Colorado. So I guess you could say in Devils history, Jack Hughes is the youngest uh, player that has the has the fewest games in franchise history to reach forty points a forty point mark season at the age of twenty or younger. But again, just a, a really really solid win. And at the end of the day, you just feel good about it. You just feel you feel like okay, now the Devils are continuing to move in the right direction. They're they're finding new ways to win hockey games, and I think that's all we can ask for at the end of the day. So good win overall, and hopefully this is the beginning of what hopes to be a, a really, really good week of home games here against tough Western Conference opponents. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team meets free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, don't worry. You still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So now I want to do a quick uh, prospect slash Utica, Com Utica Comets update as i like to do frequently here especially right now once again mr luke hughes made some history as uh about two days ago on friday 
Luke Hughes, 33 points now is the most ever by a Michigan freshman defenseman. He currently has 17 goals, 19 assists for now, 36 points at the time of this recording in 36 games. And so Luke Hughes, this, this kid, man, he continues to do extraordinary things in just his first year at the University of Michigan. Currently, the University of Michigan is in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament as they will be facing up against Notre Dame. And it's really weird that Notre Dame in different sports is in different conferences. But in hockey, they're in the Big Ten. Michigan versus Notre Dame in the Big Ten semifinal next Saturday. And it will be in Michigan as Luke Hughes and the Maize and Blue will look to try to get to the finals of that as, again, Luke Hughes and Michigan have national championship aspirations. And I think it would be good for, you know, not only Michigan, obviously, but certainly for Luke Hughes and the Devils if Luke Hughes continues to play in these big-time games. And again, for Luke Hughes to nearly have 40 points as a freshman just shows you how talented this kid really is. And it can't help but make us all super excited that he is going to be a vital piece of our franchise long-term. And especially with now Jack Hughes locked up long-term, the possibilities are endless and it's really exciting to see this kid continue to be so successful in college hockey. And I'm looking forward to what he can do the rest of the season. I'm really hoping that uh, obviously that the, you know, Michigan makes a big time run in the national tournament and goes from there. But Luke Hughes, man, this kid is, this kid is for real. And uh, it's only going to get better from here for this, this guy. Now over the weekend, our boys up in Utica had themselves another, and I mean another, solid, successful weekend of hockey as they had back-to-back games against the Syracuse Crunch. On Friday, the Comets beat up Syracuse by the score of 8-5. to five. Frederick Gauthier, Graham Clark, Brian Flynn, Alexander Holtz with his 19th of the year, Fabian Zetterlin, 19th of the year, Michael Vukashevich, Nolan Foote, and A.J. Greer got the goals for the Comets. Akira Schmid got himself the win in that one. That is absolutely tremendous. And then you go to Saturday, and the Utica Comets got themselves another victory against Syracuse as they win this one 5-2. Graham Clark added his eighth of the year. Chase DeLeo had two goals, getting his 11th and 12th. Alexander Holtz and Bobby and Sutherland both scored as well again, and they both have reached the 20-goal mark. Akira Schmid again with the win. So currently at the time of this recording, the Utica Comets continue to be dominant as they are now 33-11-5. So it's again, it's just super exciting to see this team doing so freaking well this upcoming week for Utica the the Comets once again play Syracuse as they'll play them on this they'll play them in Utica on Wednesday and then on Friday they will play the Toronto Marlies at home and then on Saturday they will play the Rochester Americans so those are the three games coming up this uh this week there's still a decent amount of games left to go in the season 
but I'm very excited to see if the Comets can get to at least 40 wins because, again, it's just phenomenal what they've been able to do. And some of the guys that they have down there, the system, obviously, Schmid and guys like even Chase DeLeo having himself a, a really, really good year, Fabian Zellin, Alexander Holtz, obviously. Those guys are not only some of the best players on their on the Comets, they're some of the best players in the AHL. And that cannot help but make us more excited about this team moving forward. And it's great because, obviously, we know, again, that the Devils are really going nowhere fast this season. but just seeing what domination Utica has been able to have this year in its first year back, being the affiliate of the Devils, you just can't help but be excited for the present, you know, to see what they can do in the playoffs. And obviously what, you know, what these guys can do moving forward in the future. So I'm really, really excited. So again, our prospects, you know, Utica continuing to play super, super well. I'm looking forward to them continuing to do damage uh, moving forward.